We are ranking the rookie quarterbacks after the 2022 NFL draft. Is Kenny Pickett number one? And is there some value later in your rookie drafts at quarterback? All that and so much more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co host who can't stop blinking, apparently, Marcus Mosier. Um, <laughs> The the audience has let us know that Marcus is a blinker. Uh, I, which I guess I blink. I, I didn't know. Sorry. <laughs> so we're going to be working on our blinking skills uh, here for the YouTube. So for all of you that aren't watching on YouTube right now, you can watch us blink live as we uh, discuss all these quarterback prospects. So be sure to go ahead and uh, give us a follow, you know, put in that subscribe button, uh, Give us those thumbs up on YouTube's. It means a lot. But of course, subscribe where you listen to your podcast because you're not going to want to miss as we break down everything you need to know about the rookie class, how it affects your your rookie drafts because it's it's rookie season, baby. S-Z-N. Hey, I'm really focusing on not blinking. It's really tough here, Kate. But uh, all right, let's uh, let's get into our rookie ranks. So. What we've done here is we've taken a consensus uh, between us four hosts, uh, Matt and Ryan. You can listen to them break down the running backs and the wide receivers on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll be back on Thursday to do tight ends. But today, it's quarterback rankings, Kate. We should start at the, the, the QB1, somebody that I know is near and dear to your heart. Kenny, uh, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> so uh, he is pretty, pretty easily QB1, currently on Dynasty League Football. Uh, he is ranked as QB 23 among all quarterbacks. Is that too high? Yes. Uh, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to disclose something wild here for everybody. That's, that's wondering how we came to these consensus rankings. We all provided our rankings and then sort of took the average here. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we all had Kenny Pickett number one. Mm. Disclosure. Um, I did not have Kenny Pickett number one. Kenny Pickett is my quarterback three. So I'm just looking to cause some drama here. So, all right, so make the case. Are you is it just because of the lack of upside here is the reason why you didn't have him at number one? It is absolutely lack of upside. But um, so for those of you wondering, uh, Desmond Ritter is my QB one in this class. So even shaking it up beyond Malik Willis here, we'll get to I'm that. obsessed. I'm obsessed with Desmond Ritter and I'll talk about why I have him as my QB one there. But uh, for me, he represents uh, upside and I mean, in a similar way that Malik Willis does, but Kenny Pickett, though, I think he has probably the clearest pathway to a starting job and securing that job. Uh, you know, it, I, I don't think, Pittsburgh Steelers taking quarterback at 20 means he's a lock to start for the next three years uh, or even, uh, you know, beyond that, of course. But mm -hmm. I guess I'm kind of confused as to where we think the upside is, because I, I know Kenny Pickett, he's a he's a fine athlete. He's um, he's mobile enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think he's got uh, enough intelligence to to be a suitable game manager. But 
do you really think there's a ton of upside here? Because we've talked about it before, and I look at the upside for Kenny Pickett similar to that of um, a Derek Carr. And we obviously, like, it, it, it's taken sure. us a long time to get to the point where we're even in agreement that Derek Carr is a uh, suitable QB2 in Superflex leagues. And I yeah, don't you're... think Kenny Pickett's going to have the luxury of that much time in his career. Correct. You're not wrong, but I think most people that are playing in super flex leagues just want somebody who can play and start right away. Listen, there's a chance Mitch Trubisky wins that job and they stick with him for a while, but it seems pretty likely that Pickett's going to be the starter sooner rather than later. And I think of all the quarterbacks in this class, he's the only one that's guaranteed to play I think in this year, I mean, I would be shocked if like if Malik Willis starts a game this year outside of injury. I would be kind of shocked if Matt Corral starts games outside of injury, even though I don't love Sam Darnold. I, I about, think that's the upside What about here. Desmond Ritter? I I think he could play. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he if he played later in the season, but um, I don't think he's as pro ready as Kenny Pickett. So I think that's the value here. So you're getting somebody from a good organization with a lot of weapons that could potentially be a seven to eight year starter while the ceiling might not that might not be that of a top 12 quarterback if he is Derek Carr Kirk Cousins level quarterback that's very useful in uh, superflex leagues I just I I can't understand where we get the notion that he's going to be a, a a potential eight year starter what I because he 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 landed with the Steelers who like to stick with guys a lot longer than most franchises do. Right. So I think you're just betting on the Steelers uh, be willing, uh, willingness to sit in their own filth. How many other, yeah, exactly. How many other teams would have kept Mason Rudolph as long as the Pittsburgh Steelers have, you know, or let Ben Roethlisberger come back after the disastrous 2020 season that he had. Like, I mean, I, I a hundred percent agree. And I've said this, I like, I think the Steelers are, very much like one of the most irritating teams because they make emotional decisions. I feel like they, they are one of the teams that I think are most pro like, and I actually think the Dallas Cowboys, like I think sometimes they make emotional decisions, but a lot of organizations, I don't think we do that. We see do that as much. I think we see the Steelers habitually make emotional decisions. Mason Rudolph, I actually, I don't think he's, a bad backup quarterback, but I think he was brought to the forefront of uh, the narrative of backup quarterback in the NFL. Like we don't usually talk this much about backup quarterbacks. And I feel like we've talked about Mason Rudolph more than probably mm -hmm. any other backup quarterback mm -hmm. in the league. And that's because of the situation. So I think Mason Rudolph, like if you were, uh, I mean, like in any other team, I think people would probably be, content to have him as a backup quarterback. The issue is that the Steelers probably needed their backup quarterback uh more yeah. more sorely. But Pittsburgh's just I, so loyal. They're like that that I, they're loyal to a fault, right? And I think that's what's going to happen here because they spent big draft capital on Kenny It's Pickett. not big draft. It's well, not big draft. Big, capital. big draft capital to mean that it's a first round pick. And Pittsburgh doesn't like to to miss out on the first round pick. A good example. Okay, let's let's take a different position for them. Like Jarvis Jones. Jarvis Jones is not an NFL player, and they started him multiple years because they wanted to show that they were right with the draft pick. I think that same thing is going to happen with Kenny Pickett. 
I mean, we saw them uh, willing to not pick up the uh, the fifth year option for Devin Bush, who uh, rightfully, like, mm-hmm. I, I think the Steelers had every right to pass up on that. But I think that was a once in a lifetime observation that the Steelers maybe are going to fairly, uh, fairly judge this. We've talked about this before and what the big difference is between what Kenny Pickett plays in uh, as far as weather and in that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, during the college season, as opposed mm-hmm. to what he's actually going to be playing in, in the dead of winter in Pittsburgh, it's a big difference. I Like we all said that the best fit for him was going to be a dome. He's, he's literally getting the complete opposite of a dome. Don't um, disagree. The, just, the fit's not great. It, it really is the not, fit's not just, great. So it's everybody's just this is my issue with the pick is that everybody's uh just slating him in as qb1 because of the draft capital and i think people are not really um considering the the fantasy aspect i like i i think it's just that we're getting complacent here i also think if there was another great option if somebody else had a path to play right away. Plus was on Desmond Ritter has a path. And hold on. It had good draft capital. Like if you were even a top 50 pick, I think we got, we'd get really excited. And uh, listen, I I agree with you and Ritter. We both like Ritter a lot. It's just, it could be a while before, before they started. Plus with the third round draft capital, again, I don't want to spend too much time on Ritter. He could very easily be replaced by Atlanta next year if they're as bad as we think they're going to be, and they draft a quarterback. And I think that's what's a little bit scary about Desmond Ritter. I see. I I agree, but I think the risk of Desmond Ritter um, is obviously not not nearly comparable. But no. um, looking at the fact he was the second quarterback drafted off the board, it's not like there were slews of guys coming off the board in front of him. They passed on all of these quarterbacks. Yeah. So, it, like, it's not concerning for me. Like, the the fact that Matt Corral didn't fall in this third uh, this third round, along with all of these other prospects, that concerns me because that shows me that like NFL teams looked at this, they started seeing quarterbacks come off the board, and they were very content to let. Uh, did I say Matt Corral? Yeah. I meant yeah. Sam Howell. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Sam Howell, they were very content to watch Sam Howell slip to the fifth run. Even the commanders were finally like, ugh, okay. All right. Let's take. So, like, that concerns me because of the fact that, uh, you know, when quarterbacks started coming off the board, people were consent- content to let him sit there. But Desmond Ritter, he didn't, he, he was the second quarterback off the board. Nobody wanted any of these guys. I think this just was a, a largely a, it's it's a product of the fact that this is a bad quarterback class. I don't think the gap between Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter is as significant as it shows on the draft board. All right, I want to get to to Desmond Ritter here in just a second, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports de- developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball. And so much more. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting, the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. 
Uh, let's get to the rest of our rankings. At number two is Malik Willis across the board. We all had Malik Willis at number two. A lot of us had Malik Willis at number one, kind of going into the draft with the expectation that uh, maybe he's a top 10 pick, certainly a top 20 pick. Didn't happen. Falls all the way to the third round uh, to the Tennessee Titans, who just gave Ryan Tannehill a massive contract extension, which they can kind of get out after this year. But uh, what are your thoughts on Malik Willis here at number two? Uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Tannehill is like going to be the biggest barrier to Malik Willis and his success. Uh, we, we mentioned this with, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter, obviously falling to the third round is what is going to, uh, to hurt Malik Willis here, even in 2023, which is sort of like that first year where it's potentially feasible for the Titans to move on from Ryan Tannehill. He still carries $18.8 million in dead cap. So yeah. like they have to really be motivated to get rid of Ryan. Tannehill has to be and awful, that's the right? issue. It, either yes. Tannehill and has I, to be awful or Malik Willis has to be so good in training camp in the preseason that they're very comfortable moving on. And I just don't, I don't see the, um, I just don't see the circumstance maybe being here until the 2024 season at the soonest. Uh, But I mean, at that point you're kind of banking, like, uh, you know, is maybe Brian Tannehill, if he gets an injury, that could be his uh, Malik Willis is in the upside still there. The same prospect is there the same arm. Um, I do think that, you know, he lost a little bit of value with that trade from, uh, AJ Brown to uh, it, like uh, AJ Brown and Traylon Burks are not a one for one swap. The the receivers there are hurting. Like yeah. it, I don't really know what this team is uh, kind of going for. I think that hurts Malik Willis's value. But I mean, if you liked him as a, a first round prospect, you should still like him here. But again, it's just the pathway to opportunity that is the biggest concern, and I don't. I don't know where he gets there and I don't know where he gets that opportunity unless maybe a team is willing to uh, trade for Ryan Tannehill and eat some of like help out with some of that, um, that financial compensation there. And I don't, I don't see any team wanting to do that. Uh, Like we've seen with Baker Mayfield, he has a big, uh, he has a a big cap hit in this coming season. Nobody wants to touch that. Um, And I think it's probably going to be a similar situation with Ryan Tannehill. I do think this is a good spot for Malik Willis long-term because I, I didn't think he was ready to play at all. So you go to a good organization, which the Titans certainly are. You look at their wins over the last four years under Mike Vrabel. This is a good team. Um, and he goes to a spot where it's pretty clear he's going to be able to eventually play. It's just when. I, I don't think this is a Jordan Love situation where you're behind Aaron Rodgers. And as long as Aaron Rodgers wants to play for the Packers, he's going to play that's not the same case for Tannehill, right? Like, it's pretty clear Tannehill is a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. And he's getting older. Uh, so I think you can you can talk yourself into Malik Willis taking that job 2023, 2024 at the latest. Um, I, I, I like that. I think it's a good landing spot for him. Uh, I'm good drafting him as a QB2 and waiting for a year or two because when he does play – we know the the rushing ability is ridiculous. We know that he's got talent in terms of being able to throw the ball down the field. It's just can they make him a more refined player? I, I think QB two is the perfect spot for him. I you know I think the the thing to note here, especially for 
um, Malik Willis is that you are going to have to be an incredibly patient manager. If you draft him, you have to know, like you have to go in with that mindset. Uh, you know, it's kind of like borrow or lending somebody money. You have to go in with the expectation that you're not going to get any of it back. Um, or else you might get antsy while you wait for repayment. I think that's how you have to feel about Malik Willis when you draft him as the QB2. You need to be dedicated and you need to have zero expectations that he's going to make any sort of impact for a long time and you're going to be able to reap those rewards. But I don't think there's going to be a lot of managers that are going to be content to sit on Malik Willis. So I think there's going to be a nice trade window for Malik Willis in next six months. I think there's so, going to be a really nice. Week. All right, let's 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 play this out. So really quickly, uh, on Dynasty League football right now, he's QB 33, which seems really really low. But when's the best time to acquire Malik Bulls? Is it to do it now in your rookie drafts when he's falling late first round, second round, or are you better off waiting until we get to the season and it's week four and Ryan Tannehill and the Titans are playing well? Like, is that the time to trade for him? That is the time to trade for him. And that like, so any leagues that I don't have Malik Willison, you bet your butt, I'm going to be sending some offers, but it's going to come when uh, it, you're looking at the situation and thinking uh, you're losing a little bit of faith, even maybe personally, that he's not going to have that opportunity to the starting role at some point. You have to wait until you get that little voice of self-doubt and then you have to go send some offers. because. My, my fear is the other way. I, I, my worry is that every week that goes by, we're closer and closer to him starting. And I think people are going to get more and more anxious and, and they're going to get more excited. So I, I actually think now is the time to go get him because we're not quite sure what he's going to, what you know how long it's going to be. We're not quite sure uh, what he looks like on the NFL field. I, I think now is the time to go grab him. I think you're overrating the patience of dynasty managers. Cause sure. you know what? We, we pride ourselves on being patient and being, uh, you know, like having uh, foresight and all that stuff. But you know what? We're, we're just as impatient as re redraft managers. are. We just aren't um, calling ourselves a redraft league. Like people are going to get antsy. People are sure. going to get impatient. I think maybe the savvy dynasty manager. Yes, absolutely. But I think in, most dynasty leagues, people are going to get impatient right out of the gate. People are already uh, impatient on Trevor Lawrence. That's, that's fair. Uh, all right, next one. Desmond Ritter. Uh, Ryan had him at three. Matt had him at three. I had him at three. You had him at number one, Kate, but he is our consensus QB three. Currently quarterback 34 on dynasty league football. One spot ahead of your guy, Drew Locke. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I'll let the floor is yours. Talk about Desmond Ritter. This is the goofiest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like I, I think out of all these rookies, uh, like I said, for he's my QB one for a lot of reasons. I actually think he represents uh, the most pro ready quarterback in this class. Personally, we can make uh, we can debate between him and Kenny Pickett, but I think Desmond Ritter has all the mentals there that you want. He checks off all of those mental boxes. Um, you know, I think at Cincinnati, they gave him a lot of leeway and a lot of control over the offense, which is exactly what you want to see. Um, it wasn't just a plug and play situation. They actually gave him some some leeway to make decisions, which you like to see. Um, I mean, Desmond Ritter, he's come up out of nowhere. Uh, and I think that if he maybe had a different uh, background and different draft pedigree, we might be talking about him in a different way. 
because uh, I think he's shown that year by year he can continue to develop. I, I just think with the processing, with the pathway to success, Marcus Mariota, I don't consider a barrier in the least. Uh, we know that, I, I mean, yes, he he looked fine in his 30 pass attempts with the Raiders, but it, he hasn't played football in a very long time. And the last time he did, it wasn't good football. He was not playing good football. Yeah. So you have to believe that you think Marcus Mariota took a massive leap when in his time with the Raiders. Ball placement is the issue with Desmond Ritter. But you know what is the beautiful part? He's going to be playing with like uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London, who are two of the guys that I think can make up uh, probably better than any other duo in the NFL in terms of uh, maybe catching up for some of those inadequacies with the ball placement. Uh, You're getting two big giant dudes Uh, while we reel in some of that, that uh, those passing inadequacies. Those are two great receivers to be on the other end. And they're both extremely young. I think Drake London's 20 and Kyle Pitts is like 21 and a half or something like that. The offensive line is actually better than I think what some people maybe think Uh, Matt Ryan was just so unathletic last year that he made the offensive line look worse. I'm in agreement of all three or all five quarterbacks that we're going to talk about today. I think Ritter's the one that I get the most excited about in terms of what it's going to cost to go get him because you can get him pretty late in your super flex drafts. Uh, if you've already had your drafts now, again, quarterback 34, quarterback 35, Marcus Mariota can't stay healthy. When he was with the Raiders the last two years, uh, he dealt with shoulder issues. He dealt with some ankle issues. He had a quad injury. As a backup. Yeah, as a backup, he couldn't stay healthy. He's just not going to be able to make it through the season. And I think there's an opportunity here for him to play right away. And with his rushing ability, we, we saw him run a 4-5-2 at the Combine. Uh, with the, all of the experience that he has playing at Cincinnati, I think he could come in and give you some decent production. So, yeah, I think I think Ritter's the best value here of all the quarterbacks. So glad we can agree on something. Yeah, well, at least we agreed on something. Uh, all right, let's talk <laughs> about the other two quarterbacks. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with your summer, you're going to need some food to take with you on the go. Built Bars are the absolute perfect snack to take with you on the golf course, on a family vacation. Just throw them in your bags, uh, and they're absolutely fantastic. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means you can actually eat healthy and enjoy it. Uh, they're, they contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 to 20 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And frankly, it's not even a contest. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Kate, QB4, uh, according to our consensus rankings, is Matt Corral of the Panthers. What are your thoughts? Uh, this is like another, this is another guy that I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of him coming out of school. He's, I, I feel like, uh, for NFL teams, for dynasty managers, this is a guy you've seen all over the board. Like it doesn't really feel like anybody's come to a good consensus on what to do with Matt Corral. Fell a bit in the draft. Uh, but I mean, much like Desmond Ritter, I think Matt Corral has a pretty easy pathway to a starting gig, uh, maybe sooner rather than later. The the Panthers, we know they can't rely on Sam Darnold 
period. Um, but, you know, Matt Corral, there's some character concerns. There's uh, some some personal stuff that came out during the draft. I don't know how much that had been reported on, but just not uh, not a solid hitter in terms of his character and leadership, which I think is a big concern. And I think, um, you know, that's going to push him down our draft boards because I don't have a lot of faith in him long term. But if you're looking for a quick hit and a guy that could see the field starting uh, sooner rather than later, I do think it's Matt Corral. And I think uh, looking at, you know, the the weapons he has available, we have mm -hmm. DJ Moore, who's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL period, uh, regardless of his dynasty value, because I think he's a bit undervalued there too. But, um, but you know, throwing to Christian McCaffrey, I, I, I think Tommy Tremble is going to get you know, further developed. We, we love Tommy Tremble here on the Lockdown Dynasty yes, podcast. Yes, we do. I think uh, there's a lot of underrated weapons in the Panthers offense that, um, you know, we're, we're going to see him get the ability to play with. I, again, I think he has the pathway to a starting gig maybe sooner rather than later. My concern would be the long-term longevity of can he hold a starting job? Is he mature enough for yeah. this league? I don't really know. I, I, don't disagree. I also should mention Sam Howell. We have him as Q QB5. Uh, we had a very spirited um, Sam Howell discussion <laughs> pre-draft. Um, he fell to the fifth round. Obviously, the, it just kills his dynasty value, right? We actually took him together at a dynasty league, and it just seems like when you're being drafted in the fifth round, teams are looking at you like hopefully you develop into a backup. However, I will say, Kate, about Sam Howell, I actually like the landing spot, right? He's behind Carson Wentz. Wentz is not a long-term starter there. He's a bridge. Uh, if Hal can kind of just stick around as the backup, beat out Taylor Heineke, and we'll see. He's clearly talented. He's got he's a really good runner. He's got a strong arm, but I, I don't think that's somebody that you need to make a priority right now. I, let's kind of wait and see. And if he's sitting in your free agency or if you're in a super flex league and you can get him for a late pick, why not? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, not not making any significant investment here in Sam Howell, but I do think there's upside. And again, it's kind of interesting because all these guys that are falling off due to the lack of draft capital here, they all did land in spots that I think lend themselves to a pathway to a starting gig eventually. Um, and Sam Howell, he's, he's certainly um, a, a guy that I think has more, more of the tools than you would probably guess given the fact that he fell to the fifth round i again i think this is a good long-term thing for him right now there's no expectations of him needing to start right away he can sit he can develop if they want to make him the third quarterback this year behind Wentz and heineke and just kind of wait and see what it looks like in 2023 i'm good with that i i i was just worried that if he played early right away he would be kind of like drew lock right we saw drew lock play right away and he was so bad that we kind of forgot about him. And now he's basically, I don't want to say he's out of chances because he's probably going to start in Seattle, but he's just off our radar, right? And I didn't want that to happen to Sam Howell. I feel better now that I know he's in a situation where he can sit and watch for a year or two. Not that you want him to watch behind a guy like Carson Wentz, but I mean, again, the pathway is going to be there uh, if if they can get that development under tow. I mean, Ron Rivera, we know he's a solid coach. Um, we know they have some some solid weapons between yeah. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. 
uh, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting way to see this draft class shake out. It also wouldn't shock me, Kate, if we get to training camp in the preseason. He's just better than Wentz, and he's better than Heineke. Like, I didn't love the talent, but I don't really love the talent of those other guys as well, right? <laughs> and yeah. it, would, it could be one of these things where he just looks better, but they don't start him right away because he's a fifth-round rookie. But by week 13 – He's playing and he's having some success. That wouldn't shock me either. So as QB5 right now, currently uh, being valued as QB41 on Dynasty League football. Seems like a steal there. Seems like a steal. Why not? All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Tomorrow, Matt and Ryan will be back to talk about the consensus running back rankings. And that's that's a fun one. Some disagreements in there that, I'm Woo-hoo! sure they're going to dive into. Uh, they'll do wide receivers on Wednesday. We'll be back on Friday to talk about some tight ends. I know, Kate, that's your favorite position to discuss <laughs> in this class. But uh, some some fun tight end discuss- discussion. Follow us on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitter at Locked on Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, y'all. <laughs>